Well, thank you so much, Al, and to the team there. We had Bernie and Mark there on the keys, just bringing us that word in music form. And that is a word for all of us today. I don't know about you, but I've been really, really thirsty this week. My skin has felt dry, my hands have felt dry, and I've constantly been going, I need a drink. And you know, sometimes that can happen in a season change. You can just start to get a bit more thirsty. And you know, thirst isn't a bad thing. In fact, it can be a really good thing, as that song talks about thirsting for the Lord. Do you know what's an even better thing? When you can, you can detect when you've got a thirst and then you can act upon it and fill yourself and refresh yourself. And in this season, there have been up and down seasons and I feel like seasons are changing so much and therefore we have to keep detecting and keep refreshing ourselves so that we stay refreshed. And I pray today that for everyone that is watching and every single person that is in this room today, that the Lord would refresh us. So I'm going to pray, Father, would you just come Holy Spirit, And I believe in confidence today that your people will be refreshed as we speak and we share heart today. Lord, the seasons feel like they're ever-changing, but I declare that there is a fresh season coming. And I just ask, Lord, that you would just come and be that refreshment water to our souls. You said, Jesus, you cried out, in fact, all who are thirsty, come to me and I will give you a drink. Because there, there is flowing fresh springs of living water water for our souls and as I'm praying we remember all of those brothers and sisters of ours that are in St Vincent right now and the Grenadines Lord would you refresh them as they have been hit by so many volcanic eruptions right now I pray and I thank you Jesus for all of the aid and the relief of refreshment that is going to them but I just pray that Lord that not one citizen will go hungry or go thirsty in this time I pray for our members of our church that have family there Lord would you protect them mightily. In Jesus' name, refresh us all. And Lord, would you be refreshed today as we glorify you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said online, say amen. In the house, say amen. Well, today is Vision Sunday. And you know what? Next week is going to be Vision Sunday as well because we just had so much, I think, that we wanted to say. We didn't want to jam it in and pack it in because we wanted you to be refreshed by these next two Sundays. So we've we've chilled it out a little bit. We've spread it over two Sundays and we're just going to share heart with you. We're going to share some scripture. We're going to thank God for some of the things that have been happening. But we're also going to look to what's going to come in the next couple of months. And I just want to put a disclaimer in here. I don't want you to come with the expectancy that we're going to be able to deliver to you a five-year plan or 10-year plan because we're not there yet. We're not that good. And if you're like me, you're realising that in this season of pandemic, we've had to get good at going day by day. And as a leader that is quite a visionary leader, that's been quite a task for me. And it probably has been for many of you that have that kind of mentality that just needs to see where we're going in in a long distance. But we're taking it day by day. And I want to say to you, it's okay to take it day by day. And we put this diary, this date in the diary for two Vision Sundays at this time because we wanted to make sure we were disciplined to take a pause, take a break, just regather, regroup, grab all the family together to just sit and go, okay, let's take stock of all that's happened because there's been a lot happen since the day we arrived in, in I think it was January 2020, I think, I know, that's when we came. There's been a lot happen over that year up to now. So we've got a lot that we, as we look back, we see there's been a lot of product- productivity happen in a season that has seemed not very productive so we want to take stock but then also just share some plans of what we think it could look like over these next couple of months and also we wanted to allow time 
for you to also ask questions of us. So this is what's going to happen um, this week. We are going to, and I think there's a little slide that's going to pop up this week. We're just going to catch up. We're going to remind you of why we do some of the things that we do. Some of this stuff we're going to share today is not going to be new to you. And then we're also just going to highlight what some of the main priorities are for us as a church. And then over this week, between now and next Sunday, we want you to send in any questions that you may may have. If you're online on the chat right now, don't post questions in the chat because I fear that they won't get answered. Will you please send any questions that you have to admin at lcf.biz because we'll be able to look at them, respond to them. We might even feel that they're appropriate to bring to next week's session as we're sharing because we want to make sure that we're translating everything that's going on in our head and behind the scenes to you and sometimes we can't see everything that, all the questions that you have while we're in it and you're almost at home and we're all scattered. So please feel free to share and then next week we'll have a bit of a breakdown of looking at all of our individual ministries celebrating what's been because we won't all be aware of all the things that have happened across the different ministry departments but then also looking to what could be and can be over the coming months so that's our vision Sundays I'm excited I'm expecting I hope that you are too and I just I'm ready to be refreshed aren't you so I'm gonna hand over to Mike now He's going to take over. Yeah, so obviously vision is a huge thing. And as we said, we do want to be looking 5, 10 years, 15 years, even 20 years about what LCF is called to be here in Luton and beyond. But before we get there, obviously this is like a halfway vision point, as Becky said, because we've just been living day to day. And finally, we're back in the building. You'll see, on if you're watching online, people's heads on the camera. It's fantastic to have some of our church back in the building. And of course, that's been our main priority these last few months is getting back to physical gatherings. But I want to tell you that vision isn't just about looking ahead. It's also looking at where we are and where we've been with clarity. So if, for example, I said, let's go to London, depending on where you're starting will determine how you get there. If you're facing Glasgow, it's going to be quite difficult to get to London. So we're going to take a little break here, as Becky said, look at where we are, where we've been, and then also look at some exciting things that are coming into uh, our future as well. So let's start with January 2020. So for those who are watching online, you may not realise that Becky and I haven't been here five years, 10 years, or 15 years. We were literally in the building about eight weeks when the pandemic hit. And actually, this picture that's popping up for you at home, and if you can see on the screen here, some of you may never have seen our building looking like this, completely full to the rafters, three, four hundred people in the building. If you look in our building now, we're all very spaced out and social distancing, but this is where we're going back to when we believe that with confidence. And we believe we're going to fill this building not just once or twice or three times, but we believe that God's plan for this building is to have people literally at the seams of it that we do need to make room for God. And oftentimes when we're talking in church circles with other church people, you always get asked how many people are in your church which can seem like a bit of an arrogant question and sometimes it does come from a place of pride and arrogance but people are important and numbers are important why because each and every one of those digits represents a life and a story a family and a person so we will unashamedly say we want this building absolutely full listening to the good news of Jesus so Becky and I were here eight weeks and then of course this little thing called coronavirus hit not only our nation 
but our world. And instantly, all the plans and dreams that we had with our staff team, with our elders, we had mapped out the whole of 2020. And actually, at the beginning of 2020, many of my colleagues in church were running series and campaigns in their churches called 2020, A Year of Clarity. Obviously, a play on the 2020 vision. We could never expect what had happened, could we, when 2020 hit March 23rd and we went into a national lockdown, which we thought maybe two weeks or three, which then turned into months and then a second lockdown and then a third lockdown. So the 2020 vision went straight out of the window. And it has been a year, I think, and you will know, that has been marked by many many obstacles. There's been so many things happening behind the scenes here at LCF, just like there are in your families, your friendship groups that have just put us at a road stop. We plan something, we get excited for something and then instantly it's all out the windows. We've had so so many false starts, so many times of just getting back to something or just getting back to some sort of normality and instantly it goes again out of the window. But also, I think, depending on how we look at this, it has been a year of amazing opportunity. And some of that you will know, you hook into LCF every week online, or maybe you see some Facebook posts. There has been some really great things happen as well. And chief of those here at LCF as a congregational church, for us, it has been going online. Now, when I came in January 2020 with Becky, this was on the priority list for the team, is that we would love to see what it would look like to get LCF online. And actually, funnily enough, as it has it in February, two of our tech team who are on staff went down to another church who were online, and we were putting together a plan for two to five years to get LCF online. And of course, that two to five years completely had to go on steroids for a season and be ramped up and get beefed up because we had to do it absolutely instantly and we fiddled around with cameras we had all sorts of cabling and actually it's phenomenal when you look back to those first weeks of us uh, streaming online that the distance and the road that we've traveled and where we've been to where we've got to has been absolutely phenomenal and it's only now when we look back at some of our preaches some of the worship teams we're just so insecure and unsure of how we're doing things and we've made so many good gains and so many opportunities have happened online and as I went into this year and particularly into lockdown these verses kept coming to my mind you can find them in Hebrews 10 24 to 25 it says this let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but let's encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near and literally there are pastors and church leadership teams that have faced imprisonment because they have taken this verse literally while the government can't tell us not to stop meeting together there is no law it's it's impeaching my rights as a Christian it's impeaching our lives right as faith and I completely understand where they're coming from but also I believe in doing that in trying to push not taking up the opportunity and just focusing on the obstacle they've completely missed something because I believe church we have not neglected meeting together these past 12 13 months we haven't stopped being the church we haven't stopped doing what we're called to do it just has looked a little bit different And I know there's some of my colleagues who are just desperate to get back to capacity in their buildings, desperate to get back to me, which of course we are. But what they are also looking forward to is putting the cameras in the bin, is putting the new sound equipment in the back room until another pandemic comes. They don't want to continue with the online church experience. Now for us here at LCF, our leadership team, our elders and our staff team, we are not putting our cameras in a back room when this is over. We are absolutely going to push into and push 
push on with the opportunity that online gives us. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about the opportunity that it has presented this year. You know, back in the first century, when we look at the time of Jesus and the disciples and Paul, you see that the Christian faith grew from this backwater cult. It was never seen as its own faith. It was seen as a Jewish cult, a Jewish sect that was causing unrest in just Jerusalem and Israel. And now 2,000 years later, Jesus and his 12 disciples have morphed and evolved into one third of the earth's population, over 2 billion people confessing the name of Jesus. And as you look back through church history, every time the church looked to be oppressed, they saw an opportunity and absolutely saw explosive growth. And I believe, church, we are in that opportunity season now. It looks like there's an oppression, but actually there's an opportunity. So when we go back to in-person gatherings, we're not just going to have one or two cameras and then maybe put a video up on YouTube that gives a look into what's happening in the building. We are going to look to not just stream what's happening, we want to look at planting a church online. And that's a really weird concept for some people. We don't just want to give a look into what's happening in the building. We want to, with all innovation we can, with all the uh, resources at our disposal, intentionally plant a church community online. And for the generations even below me and maybe uh, below some of you, the I generation, uh, Generation Z, the, the millennials, all these generations, actually half of their life is spent online. More and more people go online than they do go and play out. And I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong, but online is an absolutely huge phenomena. So much so that people live most of their lives online. So we are asking and we are posing the question, what on earth does it mean to belong to Luton Christian Fellowship, but not live in Luton or not live in Central Beds or maybe not even live in the UK? What does it mean to hook into LCF and be a valued member, a congregant of LCF, but never have walked through our doors? And these are questions we are taking really, really seriously and we're praying about, but we are really intentionally looking at planting online. And we are going to be called a hybrid community. We're no longer going to be a community that just meets at 101 Castle Street or on the corner of Hibbert Street and Castle Street. We want to look at what it means to engage with each other, do life groups, do prayer meetings have church online and you would have heard this past year this phrase the new normal what's the new normal going to look like in this unprecedented time when we go back to normal is it going to be the same is it going to be the same but slightly tweaked is it going to be completely different well as we are looking at the new normal of what it means to be LCF this is what I believe is going to look like the three t's is going to look like temples tablets and tables I'll say that again Temples, tablets and tables. So this is the mission of LCF through three facets. The first one, temples, is exactly that, this church building here at 101 Castle Street. Our meetings are on a Sunday. Won't take back seat, won't take second priority. We will put absolutely everything we can with all excellence like we always do here at LCF of being LCF planted here. But we're also going to be really excellent about what we put out online. I believe what we've seen this past year going online is just a snippet of what's going to be online. I believe as we continue doing what we're doing, it's only going to get better and it's only going to get more engaging. And we have an absolutely fantastic staff team and even more than that, a huge volunteer team who we are training and looking at what it means to be a church online. 
But then there's also the table. So where temples is a physical gathering and tablets is a digital gathering, our tables are going to be digital. I'll say that again, fidgetal. I don't mean fidgeting, fidgetal with a P. They are going to be in-person gatherings, but also online gatherings. And we're starting to experiment what it means, these small groups meeting online. So as you heard in the church news this week, we're launching our very first Alpha course completely online. And we're having people from all over join our Alpha course. What does it look like to have our prayer meeting Monday night alive in the room, but also on Zoom? Room and Zoom, what does it look like emerging? And that is what we're exploring now. So to give a little idea of why we're doing this, we don't just want to do this because it's the thing to do. We are a church who are on mission. We are a church who are always looking outward. And I've commented many times in this last 12 to to 14 months that I've been here, and our team will tell you this, that I have been so exceptionally surprised by the excellence in LCF, which far predated mine and Becky's time. I'm talking about Pastor Alan and Cathy here. Pastor Rob and Chrissy, who have laid an amazing foundation for Becky and I to walk into, and we are literally standing on the shoulders of giants with some of the thing that's that comes out of this building, which we are Luton wide known for. In our wider Ealing movement, we didn't know about it. Why? Because everything that happened excellently here was contained in our four walls. But look at this: in the past twelve months, these statistics taken from our church online platform. These are some of the places we've reached from this very building. 49 different countries. So I'll just read out a few. Brazil, Zimbabwe, Ghana, New Zealand, Barbados, Germany, Iceland, Malaysia, Singapore, Australia, Czechia, South Korea, Guernsey, Finland, Nigeria, Canada. Can you see the scope of what's happening? Jesus told us, and we're going to talk about this in a moment, to go and make disciples. And we've been able to do that without leaving the room. And we are seeing people, and these aren't just one-click wonders. These are people engaging with us, talking to us from these different countries who are seeing LCF and are feeling called to join the mission of LCF, even though they may live thousands and thousands of miles away. So there is lots of exciting change that is going to happen, which of course will be embroiled in the vision for five years, 10 years and 15 years. But it is starting right now. With all that being said, yeah, you can clap if you're in the building. We are so, so excited. I'm so excited. I almost feel like Steve Jobs launching the iPhone. But I believe that this is going to be a fantastic opportunity for LCF and the mission of LCF. And I believe we are called for such a time as this. Pandemic season or not, God is working and God is moving for the people and the church of LCF. So with all that being said, with lots of changes happening, there are some things that will unequivocally and never, ever change, which Becky's going to talk to us about. It's so good. It's so good to talk about vision. I mean, the Bible does say about where there's lack of vision, the people perish. And I could just feel in the room and possibly online that we're just feeling a bit of bubbling over when you talk about those plans there that you did so well as well. I feel really excited and really honoured and privileged to be part of all of that that just took place on our screen, all those places that we touched. But, you know, when we're talking about vision sometimes we're not always going to bring to you all the answers and all of the ideas of what the future may look like and where we don't know what's going to happen we just need to then fill the blanks with well why did we even start moving why did we even start coming to church why do we even build church to begin with when we don't know what the future looks like let's just remind ourselves of why we do what we do and so I'm just going to remind us we've picked out three things that will be of no new new no no new ideas to you be nothing new to you of three things we do relentless week in week out whether it be on our online platform or in our building 
There's free activities that we'll never stop doing. But sometimes when we repeat things so often, we go, hold on a minute, why are we doing this? So I think it will be good just to give us a bit of a refresh and a reminder of why we do these simple activities that aren't actually that simple. They're actually really powerful. And it does say in the scripture that there is nothing new under the sun. There's things that we will keep doing and we'll keep doing. Ecclesiastes, it says there, it comes up on your screen. And these three things that I want to remind us of, some of you women need no reminding, but this first one is this. I've put them all in three worse as well. I say worse because you can tell I've got kids. Worse. Three W's to help you remember. But the one thing, um, one of the first things that we relentlessly do is the word. Every week, week in, week out, and we try to keep that going on our online platforms throughout the week and in our life groups as well, around our tables and our Zoom meetings, is preaching the word. The scripture says that in and out of season, we preach the word. That's what the Bible instructs us to do because the word of Jesus never, ever gets old. It never goes weary. It never goes faint. It's always strong. It's always purposeful. And so whenever you enter this building or you sign in online or watch us, you will relentlessly see us preaching the word of God the good news because that is why we gather that's one of the main reasons he is the word and so that will always happen and you can guarantee it and the minute we don't we need to recheck what we're doing because I don't know why we're gathering if we're not gathering to hear and seek his word and the second thing that is no nothing new to you is worship every time we come and gather we will be worshiping you might be thinking well why do we stand and sing why do we do that and you know Sometimes in my life, I sometimes get in a bit of a rut because I know worship isn't just about sung worship, it's about living a life of worship. And so sometimes I get a bit dizzy going, well, how should I live it? How should I be living my life of worship? Shall I do this? Shall I do that? Shall I go and feed the needy? Shall I go and fight human trafficking? Shall I go and just study the word? Shall I go do some pastoral visitation? Like, shall I just go and see my neighbour? How do I live a life of worship? Shall I go do some Bible study? Sometimes we can get dizzy and get into a frazzle of how we should go about our worship. And this is one of the reasons that we need to keep singing and just coming to worship in sung worship because it says in the scriptures that we were created God created us because it pleased him it brought him pleasure and so when we enter the room or switch on the worship video that we've prepared and we just just bask in worship it sets our focus back on God that you know what even if I didn't move even if I didn't do any of those things that I just talked about I am reminded that I am here because I please him I was created if you're ever wondering what your purpose is just remember just sing just switch on some switch on Liz and her worship team our LCF church worship team and remember I'm here because I bring in pleasure so I'm just gonna sing and give worship to him and glorify him and so that is why week in week out we will be worshiping that's why we work tireless out tirelessly hours and hours our team have put into miming up here because we think that we're just we're the only ones miming in the room but even our worship team have to mime to do worship videos that's why we poured time into doing those things to put them online because we're never going to stop singing even if the government tells us to stop singing we're going to keep worshiping we're not just fyi we're not physically singing in the room but worship I've said today to the people in the room let's just even worship with our posture let's just stand in confidence and with this posture that says God I know that I'm here to glorify you I bring you pleasure and so worship never gets old and there's power in worship because you know when we sing 
It takes our eyes off our to-dos, it takes our eyes off ourselves and shifts our focus straight back on the purpose and the reason that we are here. And plus, as I said at the beginning when Al sang that beautiful song, I said thank you for bringing the word just with music behind it because that's what worship is, it's the word with melody. So can I just appreciate you, you won't be able to see but Liz is in the room right now, she's our worship director. We absolutely adore you. We thank you so much. We have just had to walk into a legacy of years, tirelessly years, of many moments of the unseen, but God has seen everything that you have done for this building of this house. And can I say, as you know, people that are a bit younger than you, we look up to you and we admire you for what you are doing. And you know what? As we come alongside you, she's still running. We have to keep up with Liz. And uh, we love you and we thank you for the team that you have built around you because you are all awesome. And it isn't just about the great musicianship because we're known for that in the town, that we've got great worship. But they come here and they show up all the time because they've got a heart of worship and they're reminded and they know themselves that they're here to bring Jesus pleasure. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is this, the third W that we're never going to stop doing is our welcome. See, with our word and our worship, as we grow in our word and we grow in our worship, we have to expect to grow in our welcome. Have you ever spoke to someone who was, you know, new at a church? said, why did you decide on that church? Because they had great worship, they had great word. But not only that, but as you personally grow in your word and grow in worship, God starts to give you eyes to see. He starts to give you and expand your territory for people walking through the door. He starts to give you an eye for people that you might not have welcomed had you not grown in your word and grown in your worship. And so as we do those things we start to get a wider vision of people we need to start to include and the scripture says this it's going to come up on our screen because it's a really important one and it says this that in welcoming people and remembering to bring hospitality some of you have entertained strangers and entertained angels and you know I remember um, when I was at church once a couple of years ago, I remember being really busy. I got to church and we had small children and I was getting them into the creche, but I was also leading the meeting that morning and the creche was on the other in a totally different building to the church that I was in at the time. I was settling my children and I was racing downstairs because I thought I've got to get to the front because I'm about to lead the meeting. And, you know, something just stopped me in my tracks, which I think was the Holy Spirit. And as I was coming down the stairs and getting focused on the next thing I needed to do, and can I just say, if you're a family that comes to church, with children then you get what kind of fuzz I was in at the time you know I used to be one of these people that just tutted and rolled her eyes at late families coming into church with all their kids like why are they late and then I had kids and I was like Lord forgive me I did not know what I was doing then I was like let's get posters up on the creche saying you know what if you're late if you just made it in time for the biscuits well done you're a hero but you see as we grow in our word and our worship we grow in our compassion and then we grow in our welcome and no longer am I tutting at the door at latecomers I'm going come on in well done see how we enlarge our welcome but I come back on track so I was racing down the stairs and I just stopped because I saw this family and I knew that this family was new because I hadn't seen them before or sometimes we're not sure in big churches but can I just set a little task even if you're not sure go hey are you new and if they're like no I've been here 30 years just like oh well I haven't been here 30 years so you're new to me just go for it I dare you to just expand your welcome so I said hey and I saw that they had um, a baby and I just felt that personally I had to welcome them and I had to settle them into the creche and then show them where to go. And for a moment, I just put aside some of the responsibility that I had. And so I settled them 
And I knew that we had a great welcome team and that it was all in hand, but just something was on it this day. And I did it, and then I got in time for the service to do my bit. And then I remember it was Michael who was preaching that day, and the campaign was about heroes. And as he's beginning to preach, he starts to go, um, I've noticed that one of my heroes are actually sat in the congregation today. And Michael's really big on rugby. We're a rugby family. And he's even got in his illustration that day a video of a rugby scene playing out. And before he plays it, he's like, I've just got to put a disclaimer in. I didn't know that my hero would be in the building. And I'm getting all excited. Like, who is it? I didn't turn around or anything because I'm focused on the preaching. (laughs) I didn't think it was me. But then I remember after the service, I thought, I've got to go and find that family to make sure that they're all right and they enjoy church. And then Michael said, hey, come over here. I need to show you and introduce you to my hero. And you know what happens? I come over. He's like, I'm like, oh, no, we've already met. Let me introduce you to my friends. And what I noticed is that day I had personally welcomed and settled in a family that ended up being my husband's hero. It was one of the greatest rugby players that you've admired and watched for a long time. And you know what? God sometimes sets us up. And you know, that family is still to this day are really, really close friends to Mike and I. And I remember um, Michael's hero's wife, who I became really good close friends with, said to me, you know, Mike, your husband always looks at my husband as his hero, but he doesn't understand that he looks at him as his hero. You know, somehow God sometimes sets us up with divine appointments when we just listen to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to expand our welcome. And, you know, we have got some incredible people in our church that just are walking welcomers. People like you, Shirley, who sat in the room on this side today. Shirley is a welcome force. You know, throughout the pandemic I'll just get notifications of Shirley saying hey yeah I just met this person in the park and oh they've come to Jesus praise the Lord and she's just you're amazing you're amazing and you know Shirley's part of our beginning story because Shirley was the first person that we met when we came as a family to church in your congregation and you know you're part of many people's first story when I said I said to someone recently how did you come about being here and like well I came and I met Shirley do you know Shirley I know Shirley everyone seems to know Shirley you're a walking welcomer and you know what I just pray over this woman and I prophesy that she would be entertaining angels and there have been people that have come through to salvation because of this woman people sat in this room that have come to know Jesus because of this woman and I pray Lord that you will expand her territory wide personally but then also for our church as well in Jesus name amen we pray there's going to be many like you you're awesome we love Shirley I think you're going to carry on so all those things word Worship and our welcome, they're just simple things we do every week, week in, week out, but never underestimate the power of those free activities. And it's the perfect platform to fulfill in the great commandment, the greatest commandment that God set us, which was to love God and to love one another, which sets us up so well to then do some of the business that Jesus left us here to do, which Mike is going to carry on with. Thank you. So, of course, the greatest commandment, as Jesus said, love God and love others. And of course, This is encapsulated in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. You may know it really well. You may not. I'll read it to you. 
We call it the Great Commission. It says this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you even to the very end of the age. So, our two main priorities, which will always be, but we're paying particular attention to at the moment, is to go and to make or to be mission-minded and discipleship-minded. So I'm just really quickly going to talk to you about some of the things we are looking at around discipleship. Now, discipleship is a funny word, but really all it means is that tomorrow you look more like Jesus than you did today. And of course, we know faith isn't a straight line. It's got hills and valleys. It's got up and down. But our main aim is that we become more in the likeness of Christ. And just recently, I was reading a book called The Pastor by a man called Eugene Peterson. You may know him as the man who translated the message version of the Bible. And what you may not know is Eugene Peterson planted a church and then passed it for 30 years and after being at that church about 15 uh, to 20 years he met a guy called Chris and he began to talk about Chris and Chris had been a Christian for many years but just seemed so unsatisfied in his faith and then there was this quote in the book that I underlined and I've been carrying it with me since I read it a few weeks ago in my mind it says this Chris said to Eugene Peterson, said, Eugene, I have been a Christian for 22 years, but I feel like I've lived that first, 22, that first year 22 times. So I've never got past that first year of faith. And actually, when I began to ponder this and think about this, I've heard this so many times from so many different Christians. In actual fact, growing up in the church, I feel like I've lived that quote as well, that I've become a Christian, but then I've really never progressed past a certain point. And Paul talks in 1 uh, Corinthians, I think it's 3 verse 2. He says to them, you know what, church, I've been giving you spiritual milk because you're not ready for the meat. I'm having to bottle feed you because you're just not ready for it. Well, actually, I think that also works in the reverse. I think there's people ready for meat, but they're still drinking milk. And what happens physically, you will know you're born and you grow up and you have stages, don't you, in your physical life that looks something like this. Number one, you're a baby. Number two, you're a child. Number three, you're an adolescent. And number four, you're an adult. Well, actually, this mirrors exactly the same in our spiritual life. And I think there are people sat in all churches, not just our church, who should be living an adult Christian life, but maybe are stuck in channels one and two of being a baby or a child. And actually, I think the church, particularly here in the West, doesn't help aid growth past childhood. Much of what we do is focused on that childhood or baby stage, and we never really look at developing deep roots. And I'm putting together almost like a task force. We've got this small task force. We've got our first meeting this week to look at what it means to grow in discipleship and to grow in Christ-likeness here at LCF. And of course, there's an element which it's on the responsibility of the person coming on the Christian. We can't force people, force feed people meat if they just want to drink milk. But what we can do is make sure LCF is a greenhouse to always foster growth for those who want it. And I believe there are people sat in our church with completely untapped talents that we need to get on equipping and releasing. You see, the ministers at church, the ordained pastors, the elders, the staff team, our job isn't just to provide a service for you on a Sunday. 
Our job is to equip our members to go out and be the pastors in their place of work or their their home, their friendship, is to equip you to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers and pastors. The ministers are the equippers, the church are the ministers and that is the mindset we need to have and these are the conversations we are beginning to have to foster growth here at church. And I just want to remind us, and I know we all know this, but we are not a cinema, we are a church. We're not here to sit in neat pews or lines or seats to look at the 10 people on the stage who are leading you in worship and teaching the sermon that week. That is not what the church is. The church is meant to be equipped to go out on mission and to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever you find yourself. So we are really going to intentionally be looking at discipleship. And if you've got any questions around that, as Becky said at the beginning, please do send it in. But our hope and our dream is to make sure nobody here is sat on gifting or talents that have that can't be expressed out in the world and of course we have ministry teams here at LCF worship teams kids teams welcome teams car park teams but maybe you are sitting on a, sitting on a really unique talent there's no fit for you you feel like a a square peg trying to go in a round heart what we want to do is release you we want to equip you and we want to release you God has put something in each and every one of us 1 Peter 4:10 says that all of us have been equipped to acts of service we've all got a gift so we're going to try and find a way to make sure that everyone has an expression and an outlet for that and secondly we're going to look at mission 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 and mission see that scripture in Matthew it says go and make disciples of all nations okay so this scripture is completely bathed in mission it starts with go we've got to do so we've got to go everybody that's going online with our mission with our word and our worship or going to our neighbor or going and partnering with issues in different countries or even in our own local town go and then it ends with nations go to all nations so go and just make disciples of all nations there was no limit no limit to where we can go with our go so that's why we are talking about mission 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 as being one of the main priorities uh, as our in our Christian faith but as a church also and some of the ways that we have been doing mission over this pandemic are kind of outside the box because we, we sometimes wonder, well, how are we going outside the four walls? And we just start to create a list of some of the places that we have met. So you just saw a spider diagram earlier on of all the places that our online church has reached in countries. But now here's another diagram of all the places that we have had some partnership with or some involvement with, all the different um, charities or partnerships. So we've got up there, we've got Hillborough School where we delivered the gospel, a Bible went into the hand of every child in Hillborough School, Luton and Dunstable Hospital, whether it just be dispatching cake to our local hospital for help them celebrate their birthday. We've got Luton Food Bank, which we support, and Exalia that deals with women that are sex workers. So there's many things that there, Elam Missions, lots of different things that we just clocked up, whether it was sending chocolates to the hospice, sending chocolates to, um, I don't know where else, Noah's Enterprise, there's loads of chocolates that went out that you brought over Christmas and we went out and blessed our community and our neighbouring support people that we support all over the place and 
all those things. We're not just doing those things to be charitable. We're not doing those things just to have goodwill, but we do these things. And this is what sets us apart from any other charity as a church. We do those things because we have a major follow-up. And our follow-up is this. We're not just here to help make your life brighter. We're not just here to help, you know, clothe you or feed you if you need it. We're here to actually give you a hope and a future because we're going to point you to Jesus so that this goes beyond this life and beyond this. And that's what we have the power to do as the church. So we want to be up close and personal with mission. Why? Because Jesus was this way. He wasn't limited to the synagogue. He was all over the place. You couldn't box him in. He was going on boat trips and over here and over there all the time, preaching on the streets with his crusades, going the next day and then healing people, sat at the Costa Coffee, aka the well with the woman that was caught in adultery. He was there on mission doing those things. And as a church, we want to do those things too. A lot of it may be just partnering with people, partnering and we're great um, advocates and um, organisations but also there'll be things that God anoints us in our house and our family to do ourselves with our very own hands and to start there have been ministries that have been coming out of our church like Stepping Stones it's the organisation that works with women that are fleeing domestic violence that came out of our building it even was in our building at one point so mission is on our heart and it is so much so that we've decided um, and we're going to go on further to talk about this so you're only, I'm only going to talk about it in short right now as we close but we thought that we needed to make sure we had once a year a whole campaign just on mission looking at all the places that we support as a church because what we realized was even we didn't really know all of the places that came up on that screen that we've had a hand in supporting in some way so we thought that even more so every member in the family can't always know what we're doing collectively as a church so we decided to put in mission may every single year as a campaign where as a family we come around the table at our church and we present to you all of the things that we are championing that we are partnering with whether that be ministries that are in our own house and ministries that we're partnering with outside the house and it's going to be starting from next month we've got some guests lined up to come in where we're going to interview them see how they've been doing over the pandemic in what ways we can have a partnership we want to have two-way partnerships where we support you but also how does your organization partner with us because they're not just coming to tell us about their charity or their organisation but they're going to come in and impart wisdom to us and challenge us and speak God's word to us as well as we do that because we grow as we partner with mission as well so we want to look at all of that over the coming months and years and also another major thing that has come out of the pandemic is this whole issue of social justice which is right under that umbrella of mission and as a church, this time last year, um, it hadn't just happened quite yet, but in May was the incident with George Floyd, where he, we had that disgraceful murder that played out on our screens. But it, it set a moment, I believe, for the church to go, hold on, we need to step up more than ever to be an advocate for the marginalised, just like Jesus demonstrated. And so we started, yeah, we can clap, let's clap, we step out like Jesus. And um, there was this moment where we gathered all of um, our family together. When I say family, I'm talking about our church. And we gathered our black members to talk about some of their experiences. And there was this one word that one of our guys said. He said, you know, we're just kind of sat here. Try not to get too excited because we've been here before. 
And it was that moment as a pastor and as a leader, I thought we have to take responsibility to make sure this conversation goes past this event or past this moment. But it's a conversation that turns into a journey that goes on and on. And I can tell you that as we have engaged with the race conversation, it's opened up so many other fields of social justice that are going to be on our horizon that we have to look at as a church that are going to be coming up. Because when you open one door, and I believe firmly that the black community have enabled us to smash down a door to go, okay, what about this door? Okay, what about this door? But for now, one of our priorities has been the race conversation. And um, I want to tell you and I want to encourage you that that conversation has not stopped. We have been working on this for the whole year. And there's so much stuff I want to say about this in response, um, because I want to assure you that we haven't dropped this. But what we've done instead is we've set a whole Sunday aside in Mission May to actually look at this whole issue of race and give you some feedback and the whole timeline of all the things that as a church we have actioned, we have voiced and we have accomplished and then look at further ahead what are the things that we want to push forward as well as and keep going. So we're going to put a whole Sunday aside to look at those things. Many of you will know that we sat down and had intentional conversations and we've got all reports that have come from that and we want to take time to share that with you properly. Also if you have signed up for our social justice newsletter you wouldn't have received anything yet because we're just sorting out all the behind the scenes getting our database sorted and one of the first things we want to send out to you will be on this Sunday I think it's going to be the last Sunday in May and it will mark actually the anniversary of George Floyd's death and that will be when we will action and put live our social justice newsletters and start sending things out to you and that's one of the first pieces of work we want to send you is this timeline of everything we have achieved over this last year and the things that we are looking to so I think was there anything else you wanted to say on that nope we're good so should we pray there's been a lot there and it's not over yet we've got next week for part two as well um, where we'll go into a little bit more detail about some of our different departments and how in all of our departments we are actioning the priorities of discipleship and mission and looking at all that God has done over this past pandemic time and how we're looking ahead as well so father do you want to pray do you pray together you go first Yeah, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the privilege of being able to call LCF home. We pray for everybody in the building and also all those watching online who are joining with us, Lord. We just pray as we begin to to dream some of these plans up, we're looking at discipleship and mission, social justice, looking at what it means to plant an online church, God. We pray that our focus stays firmly and squarely on you. We don't want to do this without you, Lord Jesus. We look to you for our leading and we just pray right now and we commit all of our plans to you, God, that you would just breathe up on LCF as you always do God and just give us fresh innovation and fresh vision for this next season and this new normal we thank you Lord for everybody who faithfully uh, gives to LCF attends LCF calls LCF home Lord we pray a blessing on them this week Yes, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that with everything we do, we would glorify you because, Lord, you are our cause. And I ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear each one of us, that we would be in step with your Holy Spirit as you put details on the great commission that you have given us. Lord, help your people go out today with just a refreshment, a skip in their step, Lord, as we have been refreshed by you through the service. But, Lord, would you keep refreshing us and would your people keep coming back for more as we first for you as the deer pants in Jesus name we love you Lord and I pray that you will be blessed in Jesus name amen Amen. everyone said amen amen so we're going to go now into a time of worship whether you're at home or whether you're in the building I'd invite you to stand if you would like to and are able to and then we'll be back right after this song 
So let's worship together, church.